0: Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I am Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey, a journey into sales and marketing. And today's show is sponsored by Cheshire Impact on a mission to help you maximize your use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam! Now, my guest for today is a really cool dude, and I can't wait to introduce you to him. Uh, we actually met back in an ABM event. He's super cool. He's sales. There's so so much knowledge on the sales side, which is perfect for this. Uh, head of sales at Inverta. He's also a CrossFit trainer, certified, uh, self-professed, mushy family guy. He's a friend. He's also a serious question asker and gut follower. Ladies and gents, JP Ranello. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you. <laughs>
1: Thanks for having me Casey. Did I all
0: did I controls. miss anything there?
1: I I don't I think you you reminded me of things I forgot that I even <laughs> maybe have have told the uh, the the interwebs.
0: Right. It's like how did you know that? We've got our ways. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's great though. It's awesome. I lo- I like that you did your research.
0: Yeah, no worries, man. So, you know, thanks for being here. The theme is all about sales and marketing alignment and you know you know, some of the best sales and marketing alignment happens at the bar with some drinks, right? Sales talking to marketing and you're hashing stuff out. We don't, we don't have that. We've got water and coffee here, but you know, it's, it's close enough. So mine's in a can though. So at least it feels like a beer when it, it first does develops. it. Does. You can just close your eyes, right? Where yeah. one of those TV shows, you kind of wrap, put some tape around it. So nobody knows what brand it is, you know?
1: Yeah. Or, or, or go real old school, put it in the brown paper bag.
0: Yeah, you know what? That would make for an excellent no one YouTube knows. video. Yeah, for yes. sure. You know, yeah, we've already gotten sure. banned like twice on YouTube for some reason. So,
1: you, you got to stop using that copyrighted music, man. I mean, you keep trying to use a the Rocky theme on this thing. It's not, I know, block.
0: I know, but That's I can't. will get you every time. <laughs> I can't help it, dude. So, you know, let me pass you Thor's Hammer. Are there any myths you want to smash around sales and marketing? You know, oftentimes marketing believes goofy stuff about sales, or sometimes sales thinks marketing's crazy, or maybe there's just something to do with sales that you just hear a lot of. You just want to start smashing. We we have we have time here, to just smash away.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know, if, if I put some thought to this one, it's 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 an interesting time for me, as as you and I have discussed already previously. I just changed um you know paths in my career a little bit still in the sales space but moving into a new organization um, heading up sales as you said a little bit of a daunting and, and anxiety inducing feeling um, and so one of the things I'm thinking about is all right you know we have a sales team we have marketing we have these aspects of say outreach and prospecting that we need to begin and kind of grow and scale and structure and so like I'm thinking okay but well, what have I heard from the market what I've seen what have I seen from my clients and one of the things that i know that I've heard as a theme that I'm, I'm not really believing is that the SDR or the BDR function is you know bull crap if I we to say bullshit i want to say bullshit yeah you can swear um you yeah, know like like, like that like the SDR is <laughs> yeah, um that they're that they're you know that there's no more role or function really for the SDR or BDR because people don't want to take cold calls people don't want to, to get blind emails they don't want to have like you know solicitations for you know meetings and such. and actually, I disagree with that. I think that we've seen enough of uh, an investment in the um, we'll say like the use of social to make outreach and the what could be essentially like that inside level sales function more of a personal experience for potential buyers that like look, I'll tell you, I had success when I you know prior to my my beginning here at inverta. I was at Integrate. We had event season coming up in the beginning of the spring. And the first thing that I did was talk to my marketing team, and say, hey, what kind of events are we running? What kind of promotions are we running? What kind of things are we doing? And the first thing I heard back wasn't, you know, oh well, you know, work with so and so to start cold calling into all these different companies that you, you know, we we found are going to be attending. Instead, it was, hey, work with so and so. She's the new marketing development resource, and that's this new concept of say moving the BDR SDR function into marketing. Mm. And we had this one individual, and she and I sat down, and we we mapped out a, like a personal you know discussion or storyline for each of the targeted accounts that we had. And said okay well let's let's go find out what these people care about why are they attending any one of these events um maybe we don't know but maybe we should ask that question and she and i put together like a hardcore plan see what i did there and and, <laughs> da-ching. We, da-ching, and we we mapped it to specific people within those accounts sure. and then we mapped it to the specific events and locations and then we just started like a very light nurture discussion with you know with, with these individuals she would send the first email she would maybe copy me maybe not she I'd follow up etc and I think my point here is like SDR and BDR roles where you have people literally just dialing for dollars 50 calls a day you know just like going for quota on their on their calls yeah that's not going to work but that, that's not the job anymore I think the job I think you know the old myth was that that's what the job was it's an inside sales role you're just calling 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 and, call. and, and and that's not the case anymore we're not doing that anymore
0: Hey. So maybe you could just clear the air. Then BDR SDR for like a marketer who doesn't necessarily know. We're gonna throw these acronyms around. Yeah, a lot. sorry. Yeah. What? Yeah. What is that role? You know, um, cold caller. Maybe yeah, so, what it is. So, what is it now? So like,
1: like the old school sales development resource SDR is sales development. You know, okay. Is, is, is like your it, yeah exactly. It's like an inside salesperson who just calls and dials and says hi. You know, we solved this problem with you know this type of solution. You know, are you interested? Great, let's set up a meeting. That that doesn't tell me that doesn't get me excited. That's the that's the same solicitation call that I get. You know, from you know the person who's trying to sell vacuums door to door. Um, yeah. who's trying to sell me you know a subscription to the vitamins.
0: Meeting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I I just I think that it's gotten a bad rap. Or business development resource is kind of the same thing. Um, you know, maybe large organizations instead of having a sales development resource, they have a business development resource, and that's like one person that works with. Or I, I say either type of a of the acronym. You kind of get used
0: the same way in different. Yeah, yeah. But it's
1: usually one person working with, you know, several sales resources, ex, you know, account executives. Or, sure. Excuse me, account representatives, and or, or even like maybe even like you know upper level senior executives in in the sales space, and it, it kind of feels like this like pyramid structure thing, mm. right? And it starts to make it feel very much like that's a it's a junior level role that you have to go through to get to the senior executive role,
0: sure. right?
1: So, so that's where I think like, you know, these SDR and BDR acronyms have been kind of like pigeonholed into this kind of concept and mindset of like, well, that's just a person who calls, you know, and tries to set up meetings for me. Right. That shouldn't be the job. You should be setting, setting up one-on-one time with your individuals who are maybe that title or a better title like marketing development resource and have that person, Working with you closely to understand who are the accounts you're f- focusing on, who are the individuals within those accounts that would be the best ones for us to engage with. Why would we want to engage with them?
0: Right.
1: I, mean, I think that that's the key here, right? And um, I think that goes to like what is it? Uh, Vaynerchuk always says um, it's 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 all about context, not content.
0: Yeah, says, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm trying to remember it before I. I don't want to bastardize it. I no, think he says. No, I don't want to because it's it's great. Who it says later? If content is king, then context is God.
0: Yeah. That's what he says.
1: And so I think going back to the right. original question, the original point of you know, busting that myth, you're right. If you're just feeding content through an SDR or BDR function or a person who quote unquote works behind you trying to make book meetings for you, then yeah, you're gonna get, you know, crap in, crap out. You're just feeding content out that there's no context to it, that doesn't really mean anything to the people who it's going to. Yeah, good luck getting those meetings you might you they're gonna dial 50 times and they might get a half of a response <laughs> it's not gonna go very well
0: yeah it's um, pretty and that's, pretty shitty numbers game right and it's it's that old school mentality of yeah dial for dollars or, or just the ratios we kind of lose sight of the people we're calling we lose sight of the people making the calls we're looking at a spreadsheet saying if you make a thousand calls and you set you know eight meetings that that's great and we'll take those eight meetings but it's like Yeah, but now you just pissed off like nine hundred and ninety-eight other people. Exactly, who could have been your customers, but you just you know, no contacts. You just blasted them.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna take this two steps further. But first, I'm gonna go one step back. So, I I can't say I can't you know try to debunk this myth or truly debunk this myth without saying like I've been in that role before, or at least, or at least I've done the practice of that role and had that person sitting behind me too. So. I'm not going to name names of people or the company, but I was working with a young lady at a company who had just started. It was her first job out of school. And it's like, that's the prototypical, you know, scenario. Right. And she came, you know, she came into the company and they, and they assigned her to work with me and they, they gave her my entire account. list, and I was still kind of new to the sales space, which is going to, again, lead me to a second myth. I think I'm going to want to debunk here in a second, but, um, I was still new to the sales space. So I was like still getting my own, you know, chops, yeah. right. I was still kind of yeah. like, you know, I was green and she's like, Hey, I, you know, they, I'm, I'm really excited to be working with you. I've got this list. They showed me all these accounts. These are like great brands. Like, you know, how, you know, how do we do this? And I said, you know, well, what do you think we have to do? She said, well, I don't know, but I've got to make 50 phone calls today. How many do you have to make? And I was like, well, I got to make 25. And so like, we sat there and the two of us like, I'm calling the same person she's calling. And neither one of us knows what the hell we're saying. Right. It was just, it was just like, you know, throwing it out there. Like, 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 you know, th- there's this concept of going fishing, right? Like we all know what fishing is, but yeah. if you go out in a boat and you want to go fishing, you know, yeah, you could do it for the fun of it. Just drop a line, see if you catch anything.
0: Yeah. Or if you want to
1: actually like catch the fish that you're fishing for, then you need to know what kind of bait should you be using? Yeah. Where will they be in the water? Right. <laughs> like where, where are they going to be? Um, you know, you you, you got to probably look at the tides. You got to look at the timing. You got to consider what part of the season is it. Heck, you might actually do a really good job of like, you know, mapping out those those parts of the uh of, of the of the process of the of, you know fishing, and then realize, oh shit, the the you know the lake's frozen or the ocean or the back bay is frozen. Oh, that's because it's dead of winter. Nobody goes fishing right now. <laughs> right. Right. Nothing there. Be like yeah, which would probably be like the holiday
0: season for us. But We're trying to sell something to an accountant during tax season. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right, right. Like, <laughs> it's frozen, yo. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just not, it's, you know, I, I think that, again, I've learned it myself. I've lived it myself. I've worked sure. with others alongside me and had success by taking a step back and saying, okay, what is the actual intention of what we're trying to accomplish here? Right. And why would we want to outreach, you know, put outreach out there to anyone? And is this the right way to engage them? That's the other thing. Right. Like, you know, we see people sending out LinkedIn, you know, messages all the time. I get them every day. Every day I get a LinkedIn message about um, the, the new one, <laughs> the new one, because it just changed jobs is, and apparently they think I'm like, you know, suddenly rich, which I'm not. Um, I'm getting a lot of financial advisors reaching out to me. Hey, yeah. congratulations on your new, on your new position. We see you're now heading up such and such. We would love to see, speak with you about your investment options and where you should be spending your money or where you should be placing your, your you know, you're your securing your future. Wow. And I'm like. First of all, do I look like a guy who's financially insecure? Like, I feel like I've like figured out how to pay my bills. Let, let, let's start there. You know, my, 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 my house isn't getting repossessed or my car's not getting repossessed. My house isn't getting, you know, going to foreclosure at least. Well, it's not like you got a
0: payday loan person sending you a link. Right. So, yeah. But something yeah. you've been, you got all this money to spend that people don't know about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but it's, it's like, it's a perfect example, right? Like they're, they're feeding me content, the context. Right? The yeah. context is just not appropriate. Um, and, and I think, for me personally, what i found, and this maybe goes back to conversations you and I had, is like, you know, you put yourself in, posi- in a position to learn first and to listen first, which is, you know, paramount in sales and, and in marketing. Yeah. And then thirdly, you look to either make it relatable um, for what, you know, you might be able to have a conversation about or yeah. feed good content about or experience, yeah. and then And then the last thing you do is you you say, well, you know, this sounds a little bit like what I've seen here, and what you're experiencing sounds like a struggle that I've heard such and such struggle with. What we did there was this and this. Is that something you'd like to discuss a little bit further? And then it kind of naturally happens like that. And, you know, I I don't know. I feel like... You're
0: actually trying to help. You have the context, and you're actually trying to make their situation better, as opposed to getting the the fish just eating the fish
1: you know or or just or worse just dropping the line and hoping you get the fish right just like throwing it out throwing it out throwing it out and just keep reeling it back in with nothing on it well what would you think was gonna happen right Or like staring Um, at
0: that bobber all day long yeah yeah staring at it yeah little ripples of the water playing tricks with your eyes did i get i got a nibble no you don't have a nibble you have nothing yeah
1: you know what funny story on that I I used when I first started I was I was learning about it was like probably about eight years ago I was learning about marketing automation and sales automation technologies and I started seeing like I I started following the activity feeds like you know you send an email you see you can you can follow the activity feed like you can open right it used to be like we just get we would just get like that they opened it that was Right. right and then I started seeing like that they opened it and that they engaged well for a while I was like oh wow they engaged okay well, set a reminder in Salesforce and, you know, I'll circle back in two days and then I'll, I'll feed them something else. And I, you know, I would feed them a second thing and then I'd see engagement again. I'd be like, Oh, this is really exciting. And here what it was was they just kept going and unsubscribing <laughs> like, no, talking, no. every time I sent them something or one of my BDRs or SDRs would send them something. I was like, this is no, you know, it's, so you, you know, you, it takes a little bit of like finesse. It takes a little bit of awareness. And again, like you got to make sure you're, you're doing your own research and then using that research to inform the people who work with you. And if it's this person, in your marketing or sales function behind you, you know, think of them not as just a person who's there to book meetings and set meetings for you. They're there to help you tell a story or map a story for, you know, a potential client or a prospective right. account that might, you know, actually want the story to be told. Right.
0: Interesting. You know, I, I love the idea of why you know it's almost like that simon Sinek. start with why you're on the phone why are you on the phone in the first place and then what What's success is like what's your outcome what's your ideal outcome and what do you have to tell a story about you know and having a context and then you this reminds me too because and and this is why we talk about sales and marketing alignment and why i'm i'm always telling marketers you gotta learn more about sales because that'll make you better at marketing because that same sdr type role where you're reaching out and it can be as bad as fishing with no bait or it can be as great as just you know, scooping them up like you know scooping them there right the out net. of the shore yeah right into the net um it can be as good as that so can email so can some other things like um you know like social all these other channels that marketing control it can be as bad as sitting there just bothering people or it can be really helpful and so both of us it, like both sides can have that same issue if we're not really thinking about the context you know
1: yeah and and you know you just you kind of just made me think of something i think you said um you know you're always encouraging marketers to to learn more about sales and and yeah. to become closer with sales you know um not to say this would be a second myth to technically debunk but i feel like i've heard this before where i think sales guys sales individuals sales professionals men and women alike um can do a good job of not only learning a lot more about marketing, but maybe even serving in functions within an organization that they work for before, you know, like outside of marketing and outside of sales, like further, you know, further downstream. Right. Um, And that's like actually something that I'm, you know, I'm pretty passionate about. I didn't come up through the traditional sales, you know, ranks. I didn't go from, And this is something I think is like you know a true legacy mindset. It's 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 pre millennial mindset, I guess. Sure, sure. Would you consider Um, yourself a millennial? I'm not allowed to. I don't think. I think I'm on the cusp, or whatever. You you don't qualify. No, I'm born in '81, and I think I've seen like '80 to '82 is like where the where the swing is. Yeah, I've seen I've seen ones that
0: say I'm I'm '80, but I've seen ones that say that we're completely millennials, and I've seen and, and then well other ones that we aren't. I don't feel yeah. like one. It's, we're like the zenials now. I think we're that's the, the in betweeners, I guess, between. Yeah, you.
1: I well, I th- I think I think you know, and, and I have a feeling we're going to use this th- this analogy a few times. It's bridging the gap. Um, yeah, reference I'm about to make, but I think that we bridged our generation, the '80s and '81s, like we bridged to get the, the generational gap between analog and digital. Yeah, and so you know, for
0: sure, we're right there.
1: I yeah, I remember Atari, and <laughs> you know, I remember. Like the two little prongs either, like slide onto the screws at the back of the TV. And like I remember oh, Yeah. Yeah, like like that's how you got like your your Atari or your you Nintendo were like d- electricians as kids. Yeah, right. Um, I remember like you know, the old school uh like VCRs and beta, like I remember those things. Yeah that was all an analog world. There was no such thing as digital and not in this not in a traditional sense that digital is today. So I right. think technically because we know those things, you and I probably both and others you know, in the same, you know, generational part of this millennial, millennial generation X thing, we, we are that bridge because I can, I, I can also, I know what Snapchat is. I know what Twitter is and I use it, right. you know? So there, there's just that, that part of the, the generational divide that I think is like really interesting for where you and I fall. Um, yeah. Cause think about
0: it. Right. So okay. um, Atari, you mentioned, uh, I remember, mm-hmm we used to like visit a nursing home and visit some people and one one person had one so we i remember playing the atari with them but we we eventually got super nintendo but or nintendo and then super nintendo but to your point uh we we were sort of there during the evolution i remember starting with a apple IIe computer and eventually oh it's a mac gosh. and then a thing and yeah. it, you know well yeah. i was talking to someone the other day about america online like aol right and, <laughs> and they're like yeah, i had that when i was a kid i'm like okay cool that puts you in a certain place but then i asked do you remember when you had a limited number of hours and yeah she didn't she did not and i was like oh let me tell you about this you had I remember like Arts and Nobles that have these CDs Man. that like 20 hours free or a hundred hours free. You'd use them all up, and then you only had 20 hours a month. And if you yeah. went over, they'd charge you like a cell phone, it would be like an extra four dollars an hour. Oh my god. And you know, all mm. we're all kids, right? And we're trying to just like we're chatting with people. I'm chatting we're with girls. And stuff. We're consuming
1: information at, at, a, at a rapid rate.
0: Yeah. I used to go on the tech support part of AOL just to chat with people because it was like, it didn't count against your time. You know? <laughs> <That's all>. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that. Yeah. Wow.
1: Like, you know, it's what, funny. What issue
0: do you have? I don't know. I'm just here to chat.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's funny because I think I, I used the word Napster with one of my former colleagues like just a few months back. And you know, she's like 24, probably 23. Sure. And that, and not no understanding of what the reference of Napster was.
0: Like interesting.
1: It, it meant the word the word sounded like a new word to her. And I'm like, no, no, no Napster. And then while I'm on the phone with her t- saying this word, she actually Google. She's like, oh yeah, Napster. Okay, yeah. Now, I, yeah, I heard about this, but it was just because it was in that movie. Was it was in the Zuckerberg movie? And I'm like,
0: right. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> Man, Napster guess, was I mean, cool,
0: dude. It was like a wild I mean, I west. Old. You know? Yeah,
1: it was. It was great. It was. And Napster was big right when I started at, uh, in in college, and I mean, I downloaded,
0: you name it, I downloaded
1: it. I, I it was, it was like, I, who can fill their hard drive fastest?
0: Yeah. Right? Um, Speaking of you know, that, hard drives, right? They went from you know, The cloud, cloud, cloud didn't exist back yeah. then. Yeah, I remember uh, there were. Like, yo, you have like 300 megabytes? Oh, man. Or or there was the, yeah. the zip drive, which had 100 megabytes in it. And that was like the thing.
1: That was and, the thing.
0: And then there was a rumor of this thing called the jazz drive, which had a, a gigabyte in it. You're like, whoa. That's I so never crazy. saw one. I never even never, saw one. Never saw one? Yeah. Now yeah. our phone's at like 18, 32, 100 yeah. something gigs in it. No big deal. Be- yeah.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, you know, it's funny. Again, talk about AOL. Just stay on this, on yeah, this yeah. topic for one more second. Um, then we're we'll back to sales and marketing alignment stuff. <laughs> but um, I actually same same person that I just referenced. She and I were chatting the other day. i mentioned Napster to her a couple of months ago. Just the other day, like two days ago, she and I were reconnecting. She was like, "Hey, how's a new gig?" Blah blah blah. I was like, "Oh, good." I was like, "Listen, I'll, I was like, I'll IM you in a minute." And she knew what I am was obviously. But then I said something about I made like a reference to AIM, like AIM. Yeah. AOL and some Messenger, and she she's like, and she wrote back. She's like, "What's AIM?" And I wrote back naturally, AOL and some Messenger. And then I, it was like that aha light bulb moment. I'm like, oh my God, the same girl doesn't know about Napster, doesn't know anything about AIM. Like she right. didn't go to college and use AIM. She probably used her cell phone and text messaging. And cell phone, messaging.
0: yeah, texting. You
1: know, like you what know, did the uh, iPhone just celebrated 10 years? So yeah, she was 14 when the first iPhone came out. So it all is just relative. Like these things, these things don't matter to her. There's new technologies that do these things for her. Yeah. Uh, and, and they do it better. And we, again, going back to the, how we got here, the generational divide, the whole legacy mindset we have the benefit i think the benefit of a legacy mindset with a new age look on things and the experience behind all that
0: yeah like like on that we we've um we've been out playing outside doing things because there wasn't electronics everywhere right and enjoyed that and we've also been Inside geeking out of Super Nintendo for hours. Yeah, so I feel like there's been that balance, but some of the challenge these days is the kids that are like you see them in restaurants and they got the thing up, you know, in front of their face, and their parents aren't talking to them, and you're like, dang, like what what kind of kid comes out of this, you know, when you're just all screen all the time? you know? Listen,
1: you and I, you and I think the same one. I think we, had, I think we've talked about this before. Like, I so I have two kids. I have a um, I have a six-year-old son and a uh, three-year-old daughter. My son Max and my Daughter Roxy, and my wife and I were joking about this the other day. And actually, I heard a podcast talk about this the other day too. I'll, I'll bring up. um We were joking the day because I said to my, I said to my son, I'm like he was like bugging me. And you know, I work from home, so it's school. You know, it's summertime, so school's out. So he goes to camps and stuff, and goes to you know swim practice. Sure, and all these different excuse me things. But sometimes he's still at the house, and so it's like nine forty-five in the morning, and I'm like Max, I gave you breakfast. You watched some TV this morning. I'm like, do me a favor, just go outside and play. And he looked at me like. What what do you want me to do? I was like, I don't care what you do. Just go outside yeah. and play. Do anything you want. Sister. Yeah, go get your three year old sister. Go play guns. Go play. You know, fort. Like, go climb a tree. Figure it out. Like, can I bring the iPad outside? No, <laughs> <you> can't. <laughs> he looked he almost exactly what he has. Can I bring my computer? No, you can't bring your computer. He has a little uh, yeah yeah kid's tablet, Fire tablet. And he's like, can I bring can I bring my computer? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> like, I was like, here's a water gun. Go fill it up. shoot your sister like right I I think you're right that 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 experience has been lost on a lot of kids Mm. especially in like the most in the most recent past parts of the generations like you know like my older sister's kids like my older sister is uh two years older than me I think her kids I see like her oldest she started a little earlier than I did but her oldest like is more computer bound tv bound digital bound like doesn't doesn't go outside and play her youngest skateboards plays a lot of sports nice. gets outside i think that i think it's like you know we're, we're coming back around again because yeah. like people like you and i maybe a couple years older or several years older than us started to say oh crap our kids yeah. never go the hell outside they, they they haven't seen you know snow when it snows outside they, they stay in when it's snowed outside when i was a kid when you were a kid i'm sure like especially in new hampshire you got outside you didn't get outside oh, yeah. you, you went outside at 8 a.m the second it started snowing you didn't come in till five Right. You know, came at
0: five because it got dark and it was scary when it got dark. Right. Um, you know, I, I remember um, a huge snowstorm, right? A blizzard was a cool thing. First, it probably canceled school. Um, or actually, sometimes it didn't, right? Back yeah.
1: day,
0: nothing canceled school. Like maybe three hurricanes converging on one spot might cancel it. Um, nowadays, you know, there's the threat of snow. Two days from now, they're gonna cancel it. But uh, yeah. I remember having this huge snow out, out in the front yard. We built this like igloo, and then this is more advanced, maybe like you know, early teens or whatnot. I remember building a little fire inside the igloo, <laughs> um, but they it was on my front <laughs> my front yard. Well, no, it was okay. It was like it was in this area. It was cool though, but it burned all the way through the snow. To the grass so that next spring there's this little spot of dead grass on our yard. Oh, that's and great. It's like my bad.
1: It's a reminder. <laughs> yeah. That's that's all right. We, we we were we were kids and we did those types of things all the time, burning stuff down. That's the other thing. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna tell my son to go start a fire, but I started fires all the time. We got outside. Right. Um, I, I mentioned a podcast, you know, I think um John Burrows was talking about, you know, yeah. what's he at what's he, um Make It Happen Mondays is his uh podcast. I yeah. just listened to that. A few weeks ago and I, I heard him either it was either one of his or maybe it was one of demand gen radios with Dave yeah. uh David Lewis um he, he said he was like you know this ge- the generations of today and this brings us back actually to sales and marketing alignment the generations of today um and actually the SDR and BDR thing they they need structure like the kids mm-hmm. of today coming out of college they need structure they are used to you know, having a schedule for when they're supposed to be at practice, when they're supposed to go to you know, camp, when they're supposed to you know, wake up, when they're supposed to go to sleep, when their parents pick them up, when their grandparents pick them up, with time, you know, how long they're allowed to be on the computer, how long they're they, sure. allowed uh, to watch TV. And, you know, we didn't have as much structure because, again, there wasn't as much technology to kind of like engross our time. Right. So there was that like free thinking, figure it out mentality that, you know, I think, again, our generation benefits from. At the same rate, I think the way, the way John Barrows and David Lewis were talking about, now that I remember, they were saying like, well, the other way, the other swing to this is, you know, if you want an SDR or BDR or an individual in sales or marketing to be really successful, give them structure, give them context, again, context, give them context for what it is we're trying to accomplish, help them understand the goal, and then give them actual tasks. But don't tell them, like, 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 don't ridicule them or berate them if they don't do it absolutely the way you expect it. Because... You know, they're only going to do it as well as you inform them to, you know, kind of like find their way. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that idea of like, you know, I gave my son a water pistol and told him to get outside and no, you can't have, you can't have your computer and you can't, you know, have, you know, any sort of technology with you just go outside. There's a big, yard, big giant yard. It's fenced in. You can't get lost. Here's a water gun. Shoot your sister, you know, have fun right. um, with, you know, with, with people in you know, today's generations coming out of school, getting into marketing and sales roles or any roles. You know, if you give them enough structure, if you give them, you know, there's so much technology that can still, you know, completely steal all their time. Yeah. There's so much expectations on them to do really well, both by, from their parents as well as now maybe from their new boss, as well as from their peers. Um, everything's social. So if you can give them some direction and some structure and actually make them understand that, you know, you, you're not going to, number one, fire them. Which they might not care, but you're not going to fire them if they don't do well. And number two, like you you actually are here to help them be a success, just as much as you want your you know you want to help your clients be a success from a sales perspective or marketing help your sales team be a success. Um, I I think you get better results. I I guess. Right.
0: Yeah, just there's you know different generations, especially if they're coming up and then they're going to then land a role in SDR, BDR. You know, giving them the guidance. It might be a different kind of guidance than you know you or you or yeah. i might have received or their parents exactly. like, hey just go make these calls or i'm gonna i'm gonna you know fire you <laughs> like the yeah. you know like first day. you know it's like a different different feel but you know, what i also wonder too is <coughs> as those people um you know they, there's a thing where it says like millennials don't like hopping on the phone for whatever reason maybe it's true maybe you know, not. if, but, if but, they uh, can text
1: you it'd be a lot easier
0: yeah yeah so but what's interesting though is as the as that group then takes on SDR roles, and maybe eventually that group is then in buying positions or to receive those calls, maybe it all e- evens out and eventually everyone's just texting each other as SDRs. You know, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if that changes the whole game. I still like phone calls, but maybe I'm just old. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, so there, there's a couple different directions we could go on that. Good
0: phone calls. I'll clarify yeah,
1: before I get spammed. <laughs> fo- fo- expected phone calls. Yeah, expected, expected phone calls. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Value value phone calls.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which which is hard, right? I mean I don't I don't really know where I want to take that because we could go in a couple of different directions, like both generational as well as, you know, I'll say nothing to do with generation, just like personal personal taste. Um I personally did you ever see the movie Boiler Room? I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a yeah, Boiler
0: Room.
1: All right, so um Giovanni ribisi's character is uh is the main character in Boiler Room. And he's an up and coming, well, he wants to be an up and coming stockbroker, So he starts working for this kind of like, I think it's like Marlin Marlin is the name of the uh, broker's firm. And it's kind of like a, it's, it's a chop house or not even a chop house. It's a, it's a scam. Yeah. But the point is he does learn some pretty good sales chops there. And he learns that like, you, know, you have to have a story, you have to have a, you have to have a voice and you have to have confidence. And so he's sitting there he's just, and he's down for dollars and he's down for dollars. He's calling people who are possible, you know, leads for uh, investments. And so he's got to like, you know, make a quota. And they, 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 the, the movie takes the storyline where you see him start to have success. And he's got, I think he had to hit like 40 call or 40 deals in, in 30 days. And so he does it. And so now he's like, you know, he's on top of the world. And there's a part in the movie where he's sitting at his house and he's getting ready for, you know, he's eating breakfast, getting ready for work. And he answers the phone, his home phone. And it's a guy calling to sell him like a, paper, a newspaper subscription. And, you know, he basically says, you hear the, the kids say, Hi sir, would you like to subscribe to the you know whatever the the New York Times? And he's like, and and you just hear Giovanni's you know character. You say no, and then the kid's like, all right, thanks thanks for your time. And he's like, wait wait wait, hang on a second.
0: <laughs> is that really is what a you
1: want to, Yeah, he's like he's like, is that really what you wanted to say to me? And he's like, well, what what else would I you know you said no, what else do I have to say? He's like, well try try again. What, what you know why should why should I subscribe to the New York Times? What what what's the benefit? of yeah. And he's like, well you know you'll. You'll get this and this and this and this and, and the kid, keep, you know, he's like, all right, and tell me more. And he keeps going. He goes, all right. See now, that's that's how you should start every call from now on. Take all your calls and and you know start off like that. And the kid goes, all right. So does that mean you're gonna want? You know, do, do you want to subscribe to the New York Times? He's like, no, I subscribe to the Post. And he
0: <laughs> <laughs> hangs up on him. <laughs> but the
1: point is, the point is, like you know, you, there's a bit of a confidence game yeah. there. There's a bit of a there's a bit of a like it's not gonna it's not gonna be the end of the world. But at the same time, like people want to talk to other people that, that, that they enjoy talking to, that are fun, you know, maybe fun conversationalists or informative conversationalists, right. You can talk to the, you know, like, I think one of the things I like to do and my wife makes, makes, you know, jokes about it is when I go to a party and say, I only know, like I'm invited to a a party of an acquaintance. I only know a few people there. I like to go around and get to know everyone there. I want to know, I want to meet every single person at the party and have at least one conversation with them. Is that realistic? Probably not. But my wife has told me, as many of the listeners here can probably gather as well, um, I'll talk to a wall if it's engaging or exciting. right? And so think about that going the other way. People only will want to talk to you if you're exciting and engaging, right. or inspiring or influencing or informative or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think that you know, there, there, there's a theme here for sales and marketing in terms of an alignment exercise, which is like that's what everyone should be focusing on. Put some sort of a storyline, put some sort of context, put some sort of, you know, confidence into what it is you want to say and why you want to say it. And then you start to map that to who you want to say it to. And then you start to have a lot more success. And then you can build roles and process around it. And you can have the same, you know, I, I could be calling and booking my own meetings as long as I structure, you know, so that I have the time to do it for myself as yeah. well as then have time to follow up with those who I have had the meetings with and, you know.
0: No, I like that story and confidence confidence makes sense and you know you you're practicing you know you can help people you've got some experience under your belt so talk to me about story what what's the what's the ideal story look like
1: huh it's a good one for me because i and you know good question for me because i think i'm going through the process right now of developing what is the story here for me at inverta what right. is the inverta story that i sure. want to tell why did i join yeah, right. There's there, there's a mantra or a tagline um, that that hooked me initially when, when I started talking with uh, Patrice Green here, uh, one of the co-founders and, and president of Inverta. Um, I wanted to learn more the second I heard her say, um, Inverta makes good strategy happen.
0: Hmm.
1: And I was like, oh, I remember I, I think I said earlier a bridge gap uh, analogy here. So I was like, oh yeah, I was like, I, I, I didn't go through the traditional sales rank growth. Yeah,
0: how, What did it look like? How did you go through that?
1: Um, so I started, you know, <laughs> I, I went to school for, you know, again, talking about Zuckerberg and stuff. I went to school wanting to create the next Facebook. I thought I was okay. going to be like, you know, uh, an, an internet digital web development guy. So I went to school right. for digital art and media design. Graduated from LaSalle University and got into... No one I, told you were too cool to be a Zuckerberg? It, it wasn't. It wasn't a matter of cool. It was I didn't know that there was a lot of actual work that went into it. I thought right. it was, you know,
0: yeah.
1: Well, I well, so like I learned all the coding. I mean, sure. I did. All, I went through all the chops. I mean, I, I did all. I mean, I have the. I have the, We'll call it the credentials. To, I mean, I did HTML coding, DHTML, yeah. XML. I mean, all the way through JavaScript. And I started learning all the codes. And It started to get to like the calculus level type stuff. Like you know, you get you learn the basics, and then you get like. And I had like a good graphics background. I'm like, all right, I'll we'll get into that, and then I'll make a. I'll make a really cool, you know, Facebook looking website and then people just go there nah, it sweet. doesn't work that way yeah so yeah.
0: then <laughs> I'll sign <You> know. up <laughs> yeah
1: and then um and, and then I graduated from LaSalle and it was 2003 and the internet bubble had already burst so to speak and you know web developers weren't getting hired for 80 grand out of school anymore um so I started like looking for a job I became a bartender and probably more than what I've m- one of the professions I owe a lot of my I'll say relationship skills that are that are paramount in sales and marketing I learned from being a bartender in a very high volume setting um in Philadelphia and then you know during that bartending you know experience I got into an IT consulting role mm. it was really a marketing it was an IT consulting role in a marketing department for a major health insurance company and they it was again Giving you the kind of like timing of my generational shift, it was like 2004 when I got hired there, and they didn't have like a web portal. They had a website; it was just information. They had a web portal. Users couldn't log on and find their information about you know what kind of health benefits they had and what kind of like like, like who who was on their health plan. Like none of that existed. The portals weren't existing. So I got hired in by the marketing department as an IT person to develop essentially that web portal. And so I started learning very quickly that. They they wanted me to like test what the developers what the IT developers were putting out as like the 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 demo or the uh, what they called the um, the test environment version mm-hmm. of the portal, you know before it went to production. And so I'm testing. I'm like, why, why do we have this button here? And why does this button say you know this? And yeah. What, 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 what am I supposed to do with, you know, and so as I'm learning in the testing exercise, like what it is that we're trying to accomplish, I started asking questions. And this is where it goes back to like, I'm a question asker. I started asking like my boss, like, hey, so yeah, you've got me testing this. Why am I testing this? And what is the, you know, who, who's going to be the end user? And then as I developed through that role, I learned that, you know, the questions I was asking were the right questions. I just yeah. needed to have the right audience to ask the questions too. So they moved me into what was a business analyst role. And that business analyst role was basically go talk to who the end users, you know, should be or will be, or the people who talk to the end users, go talk to them, get the requirements document and give them back to the IT guys. Right. So that became like, you know, this business requirements guy. And then I realized very quickly, this is all like, you know, my growth to becoming a person in sales. I very, realized very quickly that I wasn't talking to the actual end users. I was talking to the marketers who thought they knew what the end users wanted mm. the portal to look like. Yeah. So I remember when I, was in, I was in a meeting one day and I said, okay, so I feel like we're just putting a lot of stuff on the website, like on this portal. Like We're not really putting like anything like I think might mean something to the end user. Can we like go talk to an end user? Well, why would we need to do that? We'll just go talk to marketing. I'm like, yeah, but I don't think marketing knows what the end users really want to see.
0: Right. We have all these studies that show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, other websites do this. Well, are those other websites like the best websites for health insurance portals? Cause I don't think they are. You know, right. I've looked at the, you know, the, the competitors that they're, they're doing the same thing and you know, they're not rising up the charts. Right. So, um, you know, you should be hearing a theme here and basically I was getting closer and closer and closer to talking to the actual people who, who, who were contextually digesting the content right. and or non-contextually digesting the content. And as it, once I got there, Once I got to the point where I was like, Oh, you mean we have to go talk to the actual clients who will use this information or use this, you know, this portal and consume this information. And they are like, okay, fine. We'll, you know, we'll we'll book a panel. We'll bring you and, you know, some of you, some of your team in and we'll, and it was in a meeting that I remember, you know, almost vividly on the 19th floor in the building of the, of the Philadelphia uh, health insurance company I was working for. And one of the clients was sitting there and I'm like asking these questions away. I'm like, we had like, senior level executives in there i was just a business analyst level one or two at the time and i'm asking all these questions and they're engaging and i'm engaging i'm like this is fun I yeah. came out of that meeting and i was like I, t- I turned i turned to the to the to my boss i said hey look i really like this this and this and say oh well you, you should get into sales i said okay well what does that look like you know how, how do i get into sales right. and they're like, oh well you know you become an account executive one and i'm like what's an account executive one <laughs> you know uh, oh well you know you 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 it's 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 this and you get these kind of responsibilities and you get this kind of growth strategy. And I was like, okay, that sounds great too. And then they were like, oh, but you know, you might not like that it's a you know salary grade, I don't know, whatever it was, like C. Let's say it was like an A through Z. It was a C and A is the beginning. <laughs> I was right. like, and, and like I was already a G. And I'm like, Well, wait, 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 wait. That sounds yeah. like financial that sounds like financial ruin. I can't do that. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I learned like this legacy mindset that I was starting to allude to earlier. Um and, you know, kind of brought me to, to where I am in my career today, which was like, you know, th- there's this expectation that you're supposed to go through the ranks. Like if you, if you want to get into right. sales, you graduate from school, you find the, you know, the, the first paying job that, that will give you some sort of a baseline salary and opportunity for commission. And you just start grinding away. And maybe you're dialing for dollars the, in the beginning. And then, you, you know, then you get promoted because you've hit all your quota for dialing for dollars. You, you set your meetings. It doesn't matter how much money you've actually contributed to revenue. As long as you hit all your quota for all the numbers that were expected of you know, right. as account executive one or whatever the title would be at the time for that individual. And then it would be okay. Then you get to move into account executive two. And well, I'm like, well, what, when you get to move up into account executive two? And uh, well, you know, it can be it can be 12 months, it could be 18 months, it could be 24 months. Well, what predetermines that? Well, it depends on, you know, how many people move up above you. And I'm like, this is like a pyramid scheme.
0: It feels right. like a game. Right.
1: Um, it's like and yeah it's so, like an
0: mlm right there don't worry just go ahead and sell enough of this product and eventually we'll right. you know, enough downstream that will what is this amway <laughs> yeah right
1: <laughs> yeah so you know I, I i decided to make i mean like a, uh one of my bosses at the time working for the health insurance company she she was pushing me really hard to get out of you know, the space i was in she could see i was unhappy yeah she wanted me to, she, she knew i could be in a marketing or sales role and um you know do something better. She said, look, you, you need, you need to work for a high performance organization that's in a high performance industry. I didn't know what that looked like, but she gave me a little note card one day and it was like a thank you note. And she said, and on the front of it, it said, leap and the net will appear. And I don't know that I fully believe that yet. I think you still need to kind of, you know, do some research before you leap. But I had a good network of friends that put me in touch with, you know, some individuals who were in a certain industry that was really, growing and and that happened to be the marketing technology space um at the time and you know i went and met with them and they were like look you know we'll we'll take a flyer on you but you know you've yeah. got, you have to get some chop you know you do have to get some chops under your belt like you got to go do some some work and so i got into i worked for a uh a company much like a you know like a cheshire or sure. I, th- I think we're allowed to talk about i mean I everyone can see my linkedin profiles so I, I went and worked for a company called blue wolf and they were the first company I had a sales. Can career just right compare
0: in. us to Blue Wolf. I think that's no. Hard. I just I, I I didn't want to start <laughs> naming. like I'm
1: a, you named Cheshire Impact, so I guess I can name you know Blue that's Wolf, cool. and I can name
0: that's cool you know, other companies. But um, I wouldn't mind being as big as Blue Wolf. That'd be pretty sweet.
1: <laughs> well, nowadays, but when I first started working for them, Blue Wolf, wasn't that big? You know, they they oh, really? they were a Salesforce development technology or Salesforce um resource development team. Like they interesting. They went and worked for companies or worked with companies that were adopting Salesforce or needed Salesforce to do certain things and custom tailored, et cetera, or set custom integrations with other right. you know, other reporting tools. And I got in and I I didn't start at the bottom. They hired me as what they call an the account director, and I had remember that like those people yeah, behind me, had, like,
0: yeah,
1: two or three people behind me. So I kind of like skipped a bunch of roles. But this goes back to like you know I think that that second myth that I'm I'm trying to. Get to that I want to debunk is like you don't have to go through the ranks of traditional anything to get to where you want to be in at the end of life. Like you know, if, if you want to be you know in sales, and you've got you know five years of product development or five years of marketing behind you, or maybe five years of um, you know IT services, sure. whatever it is. If if you're able to develop a story that aligns with what your experience has been to where your experience could be beneficial for you in a sales capacity or in any capacity, yep. whatever your job interests are, you know, you've just got to have the confidence and you've got to have a believable story that actually aligns to what you're, to what you're able to do in terms of production right. and, and present it to the right people. And that's what I did. That's, that's, I, so what I did was I talked to this one individual and she's now my boss and I'm actually sitting in her house cause I just started working for a company. Um, we're, we're doing some, uh, power sessions today. And, you know, she said, look, go work for a company, get your sales chops. If you're doing really well, I'll call you in 12 months, stay in touch and let's see how things are going.
0: Yeah.
1: Month 13, she called me up and she said, Hey, what are your, uh, what are your top? Uh, I, I think she, I think I answered the phone. I was like, Hey, I was like, how are you? And she said, Hey, listen, real quick. What are your, uh, what are your last three deals? And I remember saying like Sunoco, DuPont and, you know, Walters Kluwer. And yeah, those are three pretty big, big brands. And I didn't really know what that meant yet, but she was like, okay, great. Meet me at such and such bar. We're going to have drinks. Right. (laughs) And, and the rest was history. At that point I had been baptized, I think, into my, you know, full on sales career. And, you know, the company had taken a flyer on me at Blue Wolf and I really appreciate it. And I had a really good friend of mine that was actually working at the company at the time. Um, And she and I worked really closely and kind of like make sure I, I hit stride quickly and, and spun things up and had success. And then you know my my current boss today same thing like yeah wasn't a flyer took less of it took more of a calculator risk. she's like okay if you're successful there I can give you the chops you know I can give you the rest of your training here but go get the the basic level training yeah because you're right you don't want to get you know you don't want to you know d- take a career disaster of of a pay cut to where you know you're not able to put food on your table for your family right you know just to move into a sales career uh you know you could probably find better better ways to you know make money so. um, yeah, like when when I when I made that jump from that initial sales role in at Blue Wolf into my sales career at Demand Gen. Yep. Again, I, I feel like I had been baptized or maybe co- you know confirmed. If we're sticking with the religious theme, I'm Catholic, so that's the first things that come to mind. Um, you know, I suddenly Baptized I, I, in sales. You know, yeah, I'd been baptized in sales when I joined Blue Wolf, I guess, and I made my confirmation when I moved into uh, into working for Demand Gen. There you and go. And when I made the when I made the move into demand gen, this is around the time when you and I started, you know, popping up each other's radar. Um, Yeah, I had I had some of the greatest, you know, leadership there. I had some great individuals who knew how to teach me how to tell stories, Mm -hmm. um, how to make context of you know, or build context into the the stories I was telling to the people who I was telling it to. Um, David Lewis, I remember, you know, I'm talking to my CEO, like I just started there. I'm talking to my CEO as part of my onboarding program. I have no idea what this means. And I remember he. He made the the agenda about the personas, the people that buy demand gen and why, right? And like you know, whether it was a like demand gen Gina and like you know, marketing ops Joe, whatever the names were, he talked me through all the different individual roles and why those individuals buy and what they're what they're listening for when they talk to a demand gen or a Cheshire or a Blue Wolf or a, sure. you know, or a Marketo or an Eloqua or a Oracle, you know, whoever. And man, like I just I I I I could relate to that so well because it took me back to where I had started in my career, maybe bartending. Was I talking to a beer drinker? Was I talking to a liquor drinker? Was I talking to a wino?
0: Was I talking to,
1: you know, someone yeah, who was like back a, to
0: the bar, right? The different yeah. types came through.
1: Yeah. And then and then and then I also related to it because it took me back to my first career step, which was, you know, as in, in IT or, you know, working for a marketing department in an IT role. You know, I had to listen for am I talking to the developer or am I talking to a marketer or am I talking right. to a salesperson or am I talking to a product manager? and like all of those things matter, right you,
0: yeah like,
1: it, it totally it, different it, language it, it, for each
0: one of them, you know
1: yeah, but I think going back to the point, it, it even helped further solidify and debunk that you need to go through a certain you need to go through account executive one before you become account executive two before you become senior account executive before you become you know, account manager before you become, you know, VP of sales. Like, I, I, I don't believe, I don't subscribe to that. Maybe that's a little bit of a millennial mindset that, you know, did rub off on me. It's, know, it's seeping
0: in, right? It's yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> don't tell me what I'm you, not right? allowed to do because of certain rules. Tell me what I, is possible and show me going back to the concept of John Barrows. you know, give me structure, give me structure for what is possible but don't give me rules that I have to follow and quotas that I have to hit in order to make those, you know, those jumps, if they're completely arbitrary.
0: Mm. If you say to me
1: or, or you know, head of sales now, if I say to one of my sales reps, Hey, make, make 50 phone calls, book 10 meetings and, you know, put one deal on pipeline and, you know, you, you, we'll talk about promotion or we'll talk about a raise. I think I'd be doing him a disservice or her a disservice. I think I need to be more saying, Hey, look, Maybe those same metrics. Let's use these as your baseline metrics. But I'll also add in a kicker or an accelerator, which is if you help me, a, a real incentive or kicker, if you help the organization see X percentage lift in revenue based on those, you hitting those metrics, you'll not only get, you know, I'll not only get you a Surface Pro, I'll also, you know, give you a week's paid vacation. Um, anywhere you'd like in the continental U S something like like incentives and things like that in a sales capacity, you can do those types of things. But if you make it contextual to what actually matters at the end of the day for that individual, if they want to be good and successful in sales, they're going to listen much closer to, Hey, look, we, we are a $1 million company. We want to be a $2 million company, or we're a $1 billion company. We want to be a $5 billion company. This is how you could help us get there. If you're just tying it to arbitrary, you know, vanity metrics, good luck. Mm-hmm. I mean, that person's going to be incentivized just to keep a job, so they're going to hit those numbers, but they're not going to be incentivized to really help the company grow. So, a lot of That's different cool.
0: things we just tied in together there, but yeah, it's good though. Yeah, I'm I'm following. I'm yeah, there. you know, this it, it all circles back around to context. The idea of, and I love that personas idea. Of just really. Yeah, understanding that. And that's actually, that was the first theme in January. It was like, before you do any of this other goofy stuff, you know, email, nurtures, all these advanced features and marketing automation. It's like, you got to know who you're talking to. Right. And what's crazy is uh, a lot of people think that just persona is just give them a name and cute photo and call it a day, but it's more than that. It's much more like what you're describing where you actually understand, you know, what matters to them. You know, what, what challenges are they going through what matters to them what language do they speak you know and having all yeah. these things available so you when you when when you're talking to someone you can listen like you're saying like at the bar listening for are you this person are you that person do you need this do you need that and then making the call yeah. and then shifting your language to be you know appropriate for them
1: yeah um i I, I could go deep on that topic I really could it's it it it, it's one of the reasons again. I'm, you know, Patrice and I you have haven't
0: our, already gone deep. There's, there's, there's another layer. Yeah. No, we're layer? still,
1: we're still at the fifty thousand foot level. You want to the surround
0: ourselves level? with like candles and stuff, or yeah, no, no, it's just. Um, but I, I, mean, like Patrice
1: and I are here today because one of the things that you know we're working on is, you know, uh, Inverta has been bootstrapped by some of the, what I think are best minds and best individuals, experienced individuals in this market or in this space for what it is. Um, Inverter focuses on, and what I'm seeing is that the scale that we are anticipating that, and that that we're you know striving for is is easily within reach. But we've got to add a little bit of context to mm. you know really reach out and put our arms around it. And what I mean by that is like I need Patrice and myself and others in the organization to be able to outline. Okay, these are the personas, and it can't just be, you know, any one of the senior level executives that started this company. It can't be any one of the founders reaching out all the time just to have that conversation and knowing how to adjust to those personas. They have to be documented. There has to be a, not a script, but there has to be, you know, guidelines, structure around how we engage with different parts of different organizations and why. Right. And behind that is, okay, what, well, when we engage those parts, what are the stories we're typically hearing coming out of those individuals? And then what are they listening and responding well back to and that's you know, now we're back to context, but now you're starting to see how it excuse me is repeatable, scalable. Um, and then you know, I can take a lot of the load off of Patrice because she's been running sales herself as also president and founder, you know, co-founder of the company. Um, so yeah, I mean,
0: I I think Do you, you have that data already, or are you gonna go seek that now or or find that out?
1: you know that's part of again what we're doing today you know she and i but um or one of the things we're doing today is i, I did a lot of research today's day like seven maybe or eight sure. i've done a lot of research in the last week or so of just like going into salesforce talking to our co- to our co- colleagues being on client calls like even the client calls that aren't the ones that are like super sexy like hey we love what you guys are doing and we're gonna buy more and we can't wait I want to hear those. I want to hear the man, it'd be, it'd be really great if you guys could do this. Like, done This yeah, This yeah. is awesome. Is there, is there another step? And then, and then I'm saying, okay, is that next, is that next step? Or is that other thing? Or is that, you know, added widget, whatever can, can we do that? And if we do that, will it be repeatable or will it be, will it make sense to more than just this one individual use case? Right. Um, so it's some of it's documented. Some of it's not. I think a lot of it lives in the brains of my, of my peers. And, you know, my job, I, I think one of my jobs is to get it out on paper and debunk whether it is real or not, you know, right. going back to the concept of debunking things, like, you know, determine, okay, was this an anomaly? Was this an individual use case? Did we charge too little for this, right. but, we get, but we got a lot of value out of it? Right. We charged too much for it and we didn't give enough value to the client, you know, things like that. Um, you know, sales leader stuff that I'm supposed to be thinking. About. Makes
0: sense. But it also, <laughs> I, I can, I can hear that the past you had to your point, you didn't just do the sales thing. You were in different areas. You started with the dev and the tech, and then you went into that, that business analyst and yeah. requirements gathering. That's what you're doing right here. You're, you're right. sales leader and you're, you're doing the requirements gathering. You're, you're listening. You're going out and you're not just sales calls, but client calls and all these things. to try to just fill your mind with the information you need. And eventually, you know, placing it up i could see the benefit of having you not have just lived in a silo of sales but you've lived in these other things so you might have better expertise at gathering these requirements and other people might because they never were on that side of the house you know
1: okay so i love how you just you just crafted that together i mean that's i i truly think going back to what is i think a, an easily debunkable myth if you have the right background and or the right context of how to leverage your background you can do anything i mean i think if i'm no gary Vay- vaynerchuk that guy is you know he's an amazing you know storyteller you, you know wine expert you name it right i mean the guy the guy but he wears I, hats he wears many hats uh i think he would agree that if you know you can if you can take your background you can take your interest and you can Tie context to how all those things might be relatable, and then confidently go forward with a plan or an action, mm. uh, you know, an a- actionable plan of this is how I go forward. This is what I want to accomplish, and this is why. There's there's enough people out there that will listen, or there's enough enough opportunity for you that that, that you can you know, you can test things out and see how it goes. Now, right? You know, from a career perspective, don't be stupid. Don't take you know. Be be somewhat risk adverse. You know, be smart. Um, do your research. You know, from a from a perspective like where, where Inverta and I are right now, um, I think we have a lot of opportunity to try and test out a couple different directions we want to take things. Um, sales technology is continuing to grow. AI is exploding right now. How do we leverage that and tie it into a storyline that associates to what we're already doing for our clients, which is, you know, some amazing things that are both stri- strategy related as well as execution related, right. um, and, and make it you know, t- tie its context to things that make sense and, and, and are important to our clients that are priority to our clients and to our prospective clients.
0: Yeah, this is cool. You know, I, kind of wrapping it all in a bow, I, you know, it's like the idea of the, the research first, putting in the time, you're putting in the time. You didn't just, you know, day one, you're, you're out there, you know, whipping the sales team or, or trying to change things no. up. You're like learning, you're observing. So you're doing the research, you're getting to know the buyer. The different kinds of buyers, and not all the same kind. You know, the different, just like the bar scene. There Not everybody walks in is like, "Yo, give me a shot of Jaeger. right?" I'm sure there are a lot <laughs> of people that do that, but it's not everybody. Some people are like, "Yo, Zinfandel, please." Yes. Uh, so there's yes. all different kinds. So or, or I don't really, really know what I want. I like
1: I like this, but I'm not really sure Did if I get I'm, those two. We, I mean, I not anymore. But I mean, back when I bartended, like, yeah, like, hey, I, I heard about this new, you know, this these new. Craft beers, what do you got on tap? Uh, I don't, we're, we're not that kind of a bar, buddy. Is that an IPA? Um, yeah, right,
0: right. Is that a double? Yeah. Is it dark? How's you it? Know t- what actually, it hoppy,
1: you, 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 nailed it. you nailed it, right? I, I think the other thing, too, though, is and, and this is something else I learned from being a bartender like, you know, if if they come in and they ask for like a, uh, you know, at the bar that I was at, which is sports bar, big giant sports bar, um, and you know, they, if they came in, they asked for like a Manhattan with a certain type of,
0: mm.
1: you know, vermouth, and, and, okay, I'm gonna make you a Manhattan with the ingredients I have available to me right here. Um, or better yet, if they came in, they asked for a Vesper, which, you know, requires, technically requires Lillet, Lillet um, li- liqueur or, or, you know, spirits. The bar I, I was at didn't have that, right? And I had to be okay telling them that, hey, look, you know what, I can make you the best version of a Vesper I can, and that, and this is what it would be like, but I don't have those ingredients here, but I can make you something close. So my recommendation is that, you know, we maybe look for something else or maybe just, you know, you just get a beer, right? Yeah. Like, and, and like, I guess the point is like, I got used to telling people no,
0: right. And
1: then you know in a bar setting, or maybe not, or, you know, that's, that's not really the kind of place we are. Like, you're not going to get a lobster, you know, from a, you know, sports bar. At least if you do, it's probably no, not going to be one you're going to, yeah, you're not going to want to eat
0: it. Um, Microwave. I don't know, but
1: maybe up in New Hampshire and Maine, we like can get lobster anywhere. You guys probably saw it like off the- you know, Anywhere, guess, man. Anywhere. Right? But I mean, like, I, I think the point is, you know, being able, I learned how to say no mm. and when to say no in almost every aspect of my career. And those, those learnings, those experiences came down to, again, understanding who was asking for what or what the context is of the conversation and does not relate to anything either i know or my client you know experience tells me or that my company solves for or that you know i've i've got experience in being able to inform them of and it's a confidence game like maybe maybe i don't realize it but that's all it really comes down to it's context confidence and
0: story right yeah I, i could see being like oh you want this crazy drink uh we don't have that is that okay? You know, you're just mm-hmm. sort of thinking like, yeah. Hey, we don't have, no. I know what you're talking about. We don't have <laughs> one of the nine ingredients. So would you want something close or would you like yep. a beer pick? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't
1: have that, but I do have this. And then, right. Now that's, now that's going into full on like, like I know you're looking for it in red, but I've got it in blue. Have you yeah. ever seen this? Try color blue, the new red. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, like, I'm not saying you'd go into that kind of, right. Right, but if 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 you're real with people and you have a real conversation, and I've learned that through my career, as I've already shared, I I think you you know it'll go far. Yeah, but uh, for sure, yeah, we we, we've covered a lot of topics already. A lot of
0: ground, man. A lot of ground from Atari to customer context and confidence. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot.
1: And we we talked about kids and getting outside and, and getting outside and playing and
0: kids getting outside playing. getting getting out from behind the computer now and again
1: you know it's it's kind of
0: fun to just do meetings outside on the phone you know just go for it yeah
1: so so i don't know about you but i've gotten into the habit of using whenever clients are open to it like using uh facetime or using skype or using you know zoom like video to like host first meetings because the reality is people like to buy things from people that they like sure and or people like to have conversations with people that they
0: you know like now you just uh, you just like do it. that because you got good hair or is that is that uh ah, dude. Is it, does it work good or? hair
1: uh you know i i i I actually thought i needed a haircut <laughs> for this thing but i didn't and and i'm I'm glad i'm i'm glad i'm you know at least presenting it's
0: it's, it's, it's fuzzy it's blurry they won't see on youtube don't worry ah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pe- pe- uh, people don't have good good uh good um what's that called uh Bandwidth these days, I guess, right? No, yeah. what are you talking about, man? Everyone's got great bandwidth. Everyone's got Comcast. What do you guys have have up there in New Hampshire?
0: Oh, it's not bad. I mean, I've only had issues when uh, we're talking to people overseas. One time we talked to someone in Israel. Another time was Greece. That was pretty cool. Oh, Singapore, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, it was pretty decent bandwidth. I
1: did, I did a, uh, I did a so crazy story, but I did a live stream or not live stream. I did a live um, video meeting with a prospect completely on a whim um he had he had emailed me or emailed in and i responded and i said hey look you know what he was in india uh bangalore and i was obviously here in in the states in in new jersey at the time and he said you know I, i said to him i was like hey you know it looks like it's really late your time um, or really, really, early, it'll be really early your time. By the time you get to this note, it's really late my time. Thought I'd take a shot in the dark and try to, you know, connect with you. I'm going to start this live meeting at such and such time. Join, you know, feel free to join. It was like 1130 at night here. Nice. All of a sudden I see like, I see like yeah, yeah. Like I see cabs in the background and I hear like, you know, a bunch of noise, like, you know, oh, really? and, it's, and, and he truly like joined into the call, but we had really good conversation nice. and everything we had in terms of context, you know, like panned out. And we continued to dialogue and, you know, they ended, they eventually became a client. And I think that my, my point going back to, like, I'm starting to use, you know, visual meetings as, a, yeah. as, a, as an early stage part of the discussion, because again, like you can actually like, just like you and I are doing right now, like I'm reading your facial totally. cues and I think that I'm saying, and you're doing the same back. Right. right? I'm, I'm talking with my hands. Cause that's just the way that I naturally talk. Right. So sure. you look cool with your microphone in front of you because you're, you're a professional.
0: That's what I do. A right? <laughs>
1: um. So, yeah, I, I, I'm starting to get into, you know, using more, more of the the, the video formats. Uh, yeah.
0: For, for meetings. It's cool, man. In to your point, that get back to context, it gives you that visual context of if I'm kidding with you, I'm smiling at you while I'm saying you're an idiot, or yeah, you know, like it's hard. Just if you like when, because
1: of my hair, then yeah. I know you can see me and you're paying attention. Right.
0: Right. Right.
1: Now, now where this. And then show, you're all
0: like kind of fixing it up to make sure it's good. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I try to mess it. I try to mess it. Like, like when people say, like, oh, your hair looks, you know, your, oh, your looks, you know perfect. I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, like let me mess no, it good. up. It's good. It's <laughs> good. Well, you know, what's funny though, is, you know, there, there's, there's negative aspects to using video. I've had team meetings and, and I'm a big sticker on this. I like when I am also probably an offender too, but I try to pay attention when I'm talking to people. Yeah. You know, virtually to the conversation. I try not to, to multitask. When you're having conversations with folks and you're virtual over video or you're uh, just over the phone, you know, I, I have like three monitors I have, you know, like in, in, my, in my home office where I work out of. And, you know, like I, I try to pay attention. Even though I have all of these distractions around me, I still try to keep yeah. you know, engaged. Yeah. And one of the biggest things I think that is become, becoming a pet peeve for me, and I'm almost, I'm almost not a you know, not afraid to call people out on is like when you're in these conversations like if if you for instance right now I saw you like heads down the whole time I would say hey look or, you know like hey case are you taking notes right now is is that what you're up to yeah totally and you it, call you, me you, out you call me out on my note taking right but but yeah no no but that's okay like I I pay attention right by yeah. by direct you know result of that I've also had the the situation of like where you have people who are like this the whole entire time
0: oh geez yeah. you can't out yourself by having the phone above the the, the window that's crazy, yeah, yeah,
1: like like totally like like if if you're not paying attention to the conversation and then, then why are we even having a conversation right? right um and you know another thing actually uh I shouldn't say this was a compliment, but maybe it was just an observation of one of my colleagues' once uh we came out of a meeting, and it was like a meeting with like six or seven people, and it was only the two of us in there, and, huh. and we sat down, and he said, it was a live meeting we were in you we were in person, and he said he's like, dude, he's like you you called out every person's name at some point in that meeting and you spoke directly to them and I said well yeah because like you know they all had their laptops in front of them they all had their cell phones mm. them, they all had notebooks with them and the ones yeah, I was just- talking to when I was talking to them directly or maybe one or two of them directly the other two or three would kind of like vapor off right they would just they get lost in, and I would call them out on, on you know in in a very professional way and say right. hey you know, I'm sorry you know Shannon did you Did you catch what we were saying here? Because what I want to make sure of is you from a product management perspective with this, you know, and all I'm doing is just aligning it, but I'm bringing everyone back to what is the, what is the the common theme here to the context of the discussion? Why are we all sitting in this room together? And and this maybe speaks to something that also, I remember saying in the conversation afterwards with my colleague, uh, Jeff was was my colleague at the time, you know, he's, he's he's like, wow, I think that meeting went really well because you kept doing that. And I said, well, look, Jeff, at the end of the day, it comes down to this. I wanna to talk to people who, number one, know what the hell they're talking about. Number right. two, and number two, this is, this is paramount for me. Like, they need to give a fuck. Excuse right. them,
0: but like, if they don't
1: give a fuck, then I don't why give are you here? Fuck. Yeah. Then why are we here? Right. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we, 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 we could spin these stories so many different ways and we're gonna, always gonna come back to the common theme, I think, which is, if there's enough context and, and if, there's, if there's enough dialogue worth having then, you know, from a sales perspective, you know, you're, you're, you're going to, you're going to do well from a career perspective, you're going to have at least an understanding where you want to go. You're going to have the confidence to go forward with where you want to go from a sales and marketing alignment perspective. I think too, as cocky and as egotistical and, you know, like maniacal as some sales guys can be myself probably included um, you know, be mindful of what marketing is trying to accomplish as well, and from an SDR and BDR perspective, be mindful of what they're all trying to accomplish as well, and be considerate of those things and work with them to understand and maybe step out of yourself. You know, become their persona in front of them, mirror them, right. so that they understand that it's not all just you know phone calls and golfing and hey know, and you know and dinners and,
0: and pushing helicopters off of yachts.
1: Well, I'm not doing that. I mean, that's maybe one day. You know, if if, if I can sell something to Mark Cuban, he'll take me on one of his yachts. I don't have anything to sell to the solo guy right now, but
0: yeah, no context yet. No context yet.
1: One day, if I end up on Shark Tank, maybe I'll have some context.
0: That's it, man. I'll I'll tape the episode for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, awesome. man, this has been cool. I don't know if you looked at the clock, but like time just like vaporized before our eyes you know good conversation you kind of lose yourself in you know and all the different things you're yeah. talking about context and confidence and the voice the buyer all that stuff thanks again man this has been awesome we'll have to have you come back on here and and, and see how the new gig was going yeah it'd be great for everyone else hey this has been a hardcore marketing show we'll catch you all next time